Working Interferences is intended for mature audiences. Since the hosts never grew up, someone needs to be the adult. Welcome to Working Interferences with Josh and Lance, the dental advice podcast for the average dentist. Here is Josh and Lance. What is up? Welcome to the Working Interferences Podcast, a dental advice show. I am Joshua Austin. And I am Lance Timmerman. Lance, what is up? Just recovering. Yeah, so I have some questions for you. It's Tuesday. You messaged me. It's well, Yeah, today's Tuesday, and we were going to record yesterday. Yeah. Uh, and you messaged me about a case yeah, and I, I need to know more. I have questions. So, so the basic <laughs> gist of your of your message was that you were delivering a full mouth case. Mm-hmm. Nice, very nice. Sometimes, uh, yeah. <laughs> but the patient was from Belgium. Yeah, and they were, they, they were flying back to Belgium the next day. Yeah, um, you know, it sounded like a good idea at the time. My life is a series of stories of it sounded like a good idea at the time. Right. And have I ever told you I, I have licenses? I started collecting licenses a while ago. Does that sound It's an interesting thing to collect. <laughs> you know, it's a hobby. I um, One of these days, I'll tell you the whole story, but I have a license in Belgium. Um, okay. And, and Dubai. Um, and so about 10 years ago, actually, we were talking today, about 10 years ago, I did a smile makeover for a beauty pageant contestant from Belgium. And uh, it ended up, it was originally just a smile. Then we finished the upper arch. And then a while later, she came back and we did the lower arch. And uh, got to, over time, I got to meet her family. She's she's a little bit older than me. And uh, she has a husband and kids. And my family's met her family. And, and it's just been kind of cool in that regard. One thing led to another. It's a long story, but I, I've got the process. It sounded like a good idea. Maybe I'll fly out, do kind of the Michael Appa thing before I even knew who Michael Appa was. And, right. and go in and, and uh, maybe a couple times a year, go do some smile makeovers and then just come home. You know, you're, you're focusing on big cases only. It's got to be worth your effort. And I, I like right. to travel. So it was an excuse. So and, and a place to go eat French fries. Fries and beer. And, yeah. um, and apparently this other hooch, my, my patient's from Bosnia. She, she lives in Belgium now, but she's from Bosnia. So they, they brought for last week, they had this um, plum brandy stuff. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. My brother knows the term, and it's smooth. Bruno, uh, maybe it was just kicks me on my ass. I, I don't remember going to bed at Thanksgiving. Oh, no. but I wake up in just my socks uh, the next day, so, oh. <laughs> so I don't do that Bosnian stuff very often. Well, anyway, long story. I uh, th- about a little over a month ago, she messaged and we skyped, and her husband wanted to get all of his teeth done, and um, and I don't want to judge an entire country and their dental expertise on the few mouths that I've seen from Belgium? No, let's judge. Okay. Let's, that's what we do. They're we behind. They, they, okay. They're, I, I think, I know that there's a lot of good ones there. I've met a few, but it, it appears to me kind of the DSO model where it's just volume. There's not enough profit. that They get like 100 bucks to do a root canal. So why would you okay. do anything proactive? Right. You wait till it blows up and then you fix things that way. So they they come to me and well there there's some when I prepped the guy's teeth you know a few weeks ago um, his 20 year old son was there and we said hey you got time why don't you, you want to get your teeth cleaned it's been a while and uh, he says okay how much time will that take and we're like oh, about 45 minutes or an hour and he goes what it only takes me 10 minutes in Belgium <laughs> well we got in there and he's just a freaking mess and my hygienist is scaling away and 
He felt right. like he was being tortured, and we found yeah. just a bunch of decay. And he goes, "What are you talking about? I just was. It was only a few months ago, and he said everything was fine." And we're like, "No, nah, dude, this the decay there has been there for a while." So I, I do this this full case on, on this patient, and we originally he was going to come back, you know, sometime in January to seat the case. And I said, "Yeah, you might not want to even before he started." I said, "You might not wait. Want, might not want to wait that long." And he goes, "Yeah, yeah well, it's busy time of year. My business is such that." Uh, you know, this is really busy and uh, it's kind of construction stuff, duct work, uh, you know, the okay. air conditioning. And- HVAC. Yeah. yeah. And um, so did you, I mean, did you do like diagnostics and all like, did you wax the case up yourself? Like, how, did, no, they, or did you just start prepping? <laughs> they, not quite that cavalier, but yeah, that's a good question. I had them send me uh, some x-rays from their local dentist and models. Okay, good. And so I looked at the x-rays, showed them there was some old endos that had some suspicious looks. And I said, that, that might be an apical scar, might be something active. You know, go see a local endo and get clearance and things to say everything was good. Or risk it yourself, do everything, and then you may have to pick up some pieces later. So uh, got the x-rays, got the models, had the lab wax up the the bite. You know, there's no occlusal analysis other than, hey, you're telling me your bite is comfortable. We're we're gonna roll with it. And I I explained yeah, the the pros and cons to to that, but he went with it. So I did have a full wax up and I and I this case I used uh Williams Dental Lab. We'll give them a plug. They were very very nice. He's in Gilroy, California. Those that uh know Bob Clark with Williams Dental Lab, um he does great work. And except for two of the units were not made by them, right? <laughs> two two of the units we're gonna say were made by Glidewell sure. because they broke when you seated it, right? This is all my fault. Okay. It's, okay. I'm I'm gonna take the blame on this one. I can't throw them under the bus yet or at all. Um so I I decide to to seat the case kind of sequentially. Uh upper upper right quadrant seat that and then do the upper left quadrant so that when I get rubber dam isolation, I got something to grab hold with the clamps. Sure. And, and everything. And, and I'm just seating the six anteriors. And I'm doing, I did the first upper right quadrant, then upper left, then I did the lower left, and then I'm seating the lower right. And as I was, I was cementing the, the posteriors, I was using zirconia, layer zirconia that, to um, the ease of cementation and, and everything, bonding the anteriors because the Emacs. Well, these weren't uh, all zirconia. So I was cementing Emacs. And I know that the, they're stronger if you can bond Emacs versus cement it. But I was trying to. Right. I, it, it depends on your depth as well. I mean, if, if you've got if you've got adequate enough thickness, I think looting it is fine, especially yeah. in the posterior. Yeah, and I had to clean up enough things that I, the the thickness was I thought was fine. But I noticed as I was using, and I've been a big fan of Ceramere for the cement and uh, Ceramere by Doxa. By Doxa. Big shout out. There you go. And I like Ceramere. As I was seating it, I, I was doing two capsules at once. I was seating four units at the same time. The first three quadrants is no big deal. This time, though, and, and every once in a while, when I've gone to clean up the, the Ceramere, it's still kind of runny. At that two-minute mark, it still needs more time. And other times, you know, it, it, I have to chisel it off right at the two-minute mark. So it's, it is a little inconsistent sometimes with, uh, with that whole thing. I get the first, the molars down. I'm doing the premolars, 28, 29. And 29, I, I noticed as I was going that the excess from 30, that had lost its gloss and its sheen. So it's, oh. it was setting. So I put 29 on and I had to push a little extra hard. And I was a little, getting a little concerned. Beads of sweat. Get a little handsy with it. <laughs> my beads of sweat in my forehead as I grabbed 28 to get that one seated. And it doesn't quite go. So I got positioned at the 12 o'clock and I used my thumbs to just push down hard on 28 to get it to go. And it, the lingual wall broke. 
Yeah. And I just, I almost shit my pants. I was so pissed. Yeah. I mean, so the patient's flying out the next day. Is, yeah. that, is that the right? So you re-impressed and they're going to come back and put, put the two broken ones in? Um, well, I tried originally while the we were cleaning the rest of it up. I went and called the local lab figuring, hey, maybe I can get them to overnight, just 24 hours, turn around a crown. Yeah. They couldn't quite get it before. The guy had a 2.30 flight. So you got to be at the international airport. You got to be at, you know, yeah, at noon. noon. Yeah. And they said there's just no way they can get it done. They might be able to do a PFM for me that fast. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay, the entire mouth of, of Emacs and a couple of Zirconia bridges and, and then two PFM. PFMs at the lower right Millers. So I say, no. Uh, okay. So then I'm trying to figure out what to do. Well, I figure I better finish the, the rest of them. And when we get to all the way done, I said, okay, look, when's your flight? 2.30, we're figuring the whole thing out. I, the only thing I can come up with that, I said, you got to come back. And he goes, that's 6,000 miles. I've been here twice. Now's not a good time to come back. You know, and he's looking at me. I mean, he spent, a, I charged a nice fee. I, I don't feel anything about the fee at all. However, now it's starting to add up cost, right? And this time he brought yeah. his brother-in-law to for me to evaluate, do an exam and take x-rays and photos. And he wants to smile. So <laughs> I'm like, okay, tell you what. I took him, I, I, I tarot everything so I can get a, a diagnostic wax yeah. up done. And I said, the only solution I can come up with is let me re-impress the, the one unit. And I didn't really love the way it was looking on 29 either. Remember that one was also the first one that wasn't going down all the way right away. Right. So I said, tell you what, I'm going to do 28, 29 over again. And if I come out to Belgium and prep your brother-in-law, I can seat your your two units that time. Yeah, you'll bring it with you. And we'll do a two birds, one stone. I found a, a guy that I could rent a chair in Belgium. And at first he was a little concerned. He says, well, I don't want to get in trouble. Are you even licensed here? Well, I have, I have my Belgian license framed in my office. <laughs> Just as my little trophy of, hey. What is it? What does a Belgian license cost per year? You know, I don't know. How many euros is that? How many euros are you? Do you have to you have to renew it every year? I'm assuming, right? It might. Say, it's all in Dutch, and I don't read Dutch, and it may have expired. Okay, <laughs> all right, fine. I don't know. Cross that bridge when I get there. It, uh, it's a, one of those things that it took five years to get, and uh, better to ask for forgiveness than ask for permission. That's, right? that's where I'm going with that one. So Andrea just wrote me a note. She was like getting ready for bed in the other room, and she overheard mm-hmm. what we were talking about, and. Uh, she just <laughs> got a Sharpie and wrote on a post-it pad. And I'm just going to read it word for word. What I a think dumbass it, is what it says, right? Almost. <laughs> it says, get a fucking mill already. <laughs> I and have- she said, when I, when I told her this the other day, I, I when I told her this last night, you know, I said, she said that. And I was like, well, you're not going to mill a whole case. And she said, no, but if you had a mill, you could at least mill out a couple of blue blocks or whatever and fire those. Like you've already, you know, you've yeah. got a wax up, like you've got, you could biocopy all that stuff yeah. and whatnot. So I, yeah, yeah I mean, I sort of get, she, she's a Sarek lady. Yeah. So I was an early adopter. That's sort of her always thing. I was an early adopter with, uh, with Sarek. I know the technology is better now than when I had it, but I'm just, I, it, I didn't like the, the everything. Certainly would have been nice yesterday though. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's the thing is like, you, you have it around for, for all that. Yeah. But, uh, well, I'm glad you survived. Um, you know, hey, just an excuse to go out to Belgium, I guess. Right. That, that was, go- I was looking at the server line and going, you know, now I guess I got to go back and, and hang out and drink beer and have some fries. Nice. Nice. All right. Well, Lance, you know, this is an advice show uh, and we answer our listeners questions. Yes. And, you know, we answer questions we find in all those neat little dental Facebook groups, and we answer questions from Reddit. We answer questions that get emailed in, and we want 
we, we strive to help dentists and dental team members with our own unique brand of advice. And so please, listeners, we need your questions. They are the sustenance we crave. Now, you can submit your questions to workinginterferences at gmail.com. At some point, we will start checking that email address. Um, <laughs> but I think, you know, right now, none of our episodes are live. So as soon as they go live, we'll start checking that address. Now, we don't want just any question, do we, Lance? Hell no. We don't want a bunch of boring questions like, what's the best impression material? Because we all know that it's rubber base, right? Of course. We all learned that in school. We want the tough questions, the questions that Gordon Christensen cannot answer, like this one. Question one for today, Brad asks, let's say hypothetically you suspect an employee might have a narcotic addiction. What should you do hypothetically? Hmm. Mm. This seems sticky. You know, Brad is, is asking a hypothetical question, but part of me wonders if maybe there this might be rooted in some sort of truth. I don't know. Something tells me that. What do you think? There, there's a good chance. I'm going to go with that. Yeah. I think when you when you say hypothetically three times <laughs> in a question, it generally tells me like, yeah, it's probably not so hypothetical. No, he's so usually, I, I think that's a pretty big tell. He just left out that I'm asking for a friend. Yeah, I'm asking for a friend. I love that one. Yeah. Uh, I have some experience with this, actually. Do you? Yeah. Okay. So it was a few years ago now. I don't know, three or four years ago. And at that time, I had one hygienist. And I had like one person at the front desk and then one a dental assistant and one kind of floater between the back and the front. So okay. we were pretty lean and mean at that point. And um, my hygienist, um, I'm going to, I'm going to call her um, <laughs> Macy. Um, Macy uh, took uh, July 4th weekend or July, the week of July 4th off. I don't remember what day July 4th fell on, but whatever she took the rest of that week. And like the first day back, it was like July 5th or July 6th, uh, I came into the office and, and during the morning huddle, the phone rang and the office manager like jumped out to get it. And she comes back into the meeting and she says, uh, Walgreens is on the phone. They need to verify a prescription for Macy. And so I hmm. was like, that's, I didn't write any prescriptions or call in anything for Macy. What, what's happening? So I picked up the phone and he was like, Hey, we got this voicemail for this prescription, but it didn't seem right. Can you verify that you called in a prescription for Vicodin 5 for Macy? And I was like, no, I did not call in any <laughs> Vicodin 5 for Macy. So in Texas, we have this like website that you can log into okay. and you can pull a report and it will show you every narcotic prescription that's been filled with your name on it. And you've got to like consent to stuff because it has patients' names and stuff like that on it. Okay. Um, and, and so I ran that report and her name was on it like nine times. Really? So nine times she had called in Vicodin for herself under my name. So I called her. I was like, I need to talk to you right now today. And so she came in and she brought her kid with her. Who's like one or two at the time. Mm -hmm. And she's sitting in my office and I'm like, do you know why you're here? And she's like, yeah. And she hangs her head. And I was like, oh, wow. At this point, like I hadn't let her know that I knew how many she had done or whatever. I was like, what do you have to say for yourself? And she proceeds to say, um, ever since I had the baby, it hurts to have sex. So I get this Vicodin so that I can, you know, have sex with my husband. And I don't know, like if she expects me to stand up and unzip my pants or something, like I don't know <laughs> what she's expecting me to say to that. But like, 
that's lady that's something you need to talk to your gynecologist about like that has nothing yeah. to do with me do not like that is it's it's your right to choose and i want nothing to do with your uterus or vagina like i just don't <laughs> i don't need any any sort of 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 uh of uh saying what happens down there so needless to say i fired stacy on the spot and uh ended up kind of stumbling into uh, one of my hygienists now who is absolutely amazing and I love to death and, and she's great. And at the time I was just like sort of perplexed because I thought Stacy was like my best employee and she was the one that I could depend on and all this stuff. Turns out I was totally wrong. She was a narcotic yeah. uh, hydrocodone fiend and uh, everything I know about people uh, was like in question at that point, but it, everything worked out for the best. Colleen uh, replaced her and Colleen is amazing. And that's, so that's awesome. Uh, I'm glad that Stacy uh, channeled her inner Brett Favre <laughs> and uh, swallowed Vicodin by the, uh, by the handful. Um, yeah. do you, have you ever had an, an employee who's been, um, you know, on, yeah. on any kind of uh, enhancements? Yeah. You know, the first clue was when the police showed up to my office in uniform oh, yes. and wanted to have a little chat. Uh, generally speaking, I think these things are fairly temporary. It's, it's going to, to come out eventually that right. it might yeah, be soon, can't. might be late, but yeah. And, uh, apparently this, and it, it all happened right when the databases changed over originally years ago, they, there were several databases and they wouldn't talk to each other. Albertsons had their own database. Safeway had their I own did. database. And I think these, the, the narcotic fiends, I think they know how to play the system and work around it and get things filled at different databases at a time. So it wasn't so frequent. Well, as soon as they made them all joined and, and shared data, it became very, very apparent. So the, these, the policemen show up, and they start asking me about a prescription that I had called in. And uh, you know, I had to rack my brain a little bit, go through a few questions. Of course, at this point, I'm in the consultation room, so it's a little private. I didn't want all of the other yeah. <laughs> the patients going, why is Doc talking to cops? cops here? Yeah. And so all of a sudden, they say, tell me about this this uh we'll just say bora she um there's a lot of lawyers out there we're fine. <laughs> exactly and i said what yeah she's right there <laughs> you know you point and i'm like uh why what and so they they ask a couple of really weird questions that didn't didn't add up and and i didn't understand the, the the connection well about a month later i get a letter from the state saying i'm under investigation for drug diversion i'm like holy shit what well, number one what the hell is drug diversion <laughs> and i show laura i say hey look at this and she her eyes widened out but I thought we were talking about, you know, I, and I said, I bet you it's this patient. Or the, you know, you come up these these suspicious scenarios. And I'm like, yeah, I remember that guy. Or maybe it was about this. And she knows it's about her, but I didn't. I was too naive to do the math. And uh, so I get a text from her later that night saying, uh, hey, should I even come into work tomorrow? And oh I'm like, God. what? Of course, we're seating the veneers case. I, I need you there. It's kind of a two-person thing. Uh, solo would be bad. So she shows up early and uh, has a little chat. And she says, yeah, you, you, you never think it would happen to you. And then she starts telling me the story of, of how she just started. To, she had back pain and okay. started taking it and then got addicted. Well, another person that worked for me had been to a, a party with her. And, you know, she's thrown down four Vicodin, chasing it with her wine. And I'm thinking that should knock you out, right? I, I Oh, like I would be out for a month. <laughs> exactly. And she this was just normal. She's barely, barely phasing her. And uh, so that at that point is when I... Um, was able to get the report from the state. And, you know, I had filled one prescription. I did a, a root canal on her. So I, I gave her a script. I'd given her, what, 20 pills on a tooth. Uh, but on my database, she had 800 from her physician oh, from wow. her, for her back in a period of like three months. And I'm like, shit, are you 
taking or dealing. And uh, so I had to let her go. I mean, I learned real quick that, okay, I text a buddy and he says, you got to fire right now, call the DEA, let them know that you just found this out and make sure you create a scenario where they can't make it look like you were uh, collaborating. Right, you were facilitating it, yeah, yeah, or whatever. Wow, yeah. holy moly. Yeah. Well, you've got blood on your hands, Lance, because if it weren't for that endo <laughs> and you shooting sodium hypochlorite out the apex, right? she would have totally been fine. She would have never gotten addicted to this. You know, it has nothing to do with her genetics or anything. It was that endo is what led to her downfall. I think you're right. I think you're right. <laughs> so let's, I, I wanted to go through real quick. Like, let's do like a fantasy draft okay. of like, because to me, it's like which narcotic, right? There's some that would be better than others for a dental team member to be addicted to. Okay. So let's do like a fantasy draft, like starting with like the number one pick of like, what would, like, if you had to have somebody on your team be addicted to something, like what, what would it be? And so I, I'm thinking like product, you know, something that makes productivity better or whatever. So to me, I mean, I think far and away, the number one pick is Coke. It's gotta be Coke. If you, if you, yeah. yeah, if you have to have a staff member that's addicted to a narcotic, Coke, I think is number one. Sure. I, the number two pick to me, I think is Adderall. No, now, I don't know if you can be, a, yeah, I don't know if you can be addicted to that. I don't know. I, I probably, I mean, you know, anything that's like amphetamine. Basic, yeah, it's yeah. basically like meth that you take by mouth, I think. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how do you take meth. Is is, is, is you smoke meth? I think or? you smoke meth. Okay. Yeah, you can smoke meth. I think you can snort meth, but I think most people smoke meth. What about a meth suppository? Ooh, that might be like, a new that's party. That's really like light, lighting a, like the quote unquote <laughs> lighting a fire up your ass. Like that is definitely that. So yeah, it seems to me like top one, two, three are kind of all uppers, right? Yeah. I'm going with that. I think alcohol's got to be towards the bottom of the list just because it's sloppy. Yeah, you're you, know, you just get sloppy. Everyone's going to know. You you're sleeping one off. Yeah, it's bad. Bad. I, and I, 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 I hear I think shooting heroin in the bathroom on your break is probably, probably down bad. there, down the bottom yeah. too. Yeah. Alcohol and heroin, I think, would be towards the bottom. Like benzodiazepines, I think, would, would kind of be down there. Although, you know, sometimes benzos like really level someone out. You know what I mean? Like if you... Huh. If you need someone who's like a real empath or something like that to really sit and listen to a patient who just says, wants to drone on about problems, like maybe a little Xanax may be good. But, yeah, that might be. Uh, yeah. We'll call that in the, right I mean, in the middle. If it's Coke, <laughs> like just Coke them up and just work them to death, right? Because oh, yeah. you know they got a Coke habit, they've got to, like, you've got to feed that, that beast. So you know they got to work and you For know sure. they're going to work a mother when they're on the clock, you know, because they're just high all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I might. And. I, my wife's aunt, when she had kids, this is back in the 60s, they prescribed amphetamines for her to get over the, the postpartum depression. For her, she said that her house was never more spotless than when she was on the house. Awesome. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I think it's, it's truthfully and honestly, you know, drugs are bad and, and any drugs in a dental office, I think, are, are, are a bad deal. So um, That's what yeah, Mr. I mean, Mackey says, that's for sure. That's <laughs> true. Drugs are bad. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I think you've got to, I think you got to, got to trim the fat, so to speak on, on the narcotic uh, queen yeah. uh, over there office, Brad, hypothetically, of course. Right. Right. Asking for a friend. On to, on to question number two here. Marie asks, is there any other irrigating solution other than sodium hypochlorite for root canals? And I think this is an interesting question. And now I'm not an endo expert. In fact, I don't really do any endo at all. Do you, do you still do it? A bunch of endo, or where uh, where are you at on it's it? It's pretty rare. Uh, my the other day we I saw a tooth that might go that way, and kind of gave my assistant the heads up, and she's like, "Where is all that stuff? I would we wouldn't even know where to grab." 
So, so we, we have a guy, but I, all right, I want you to play with me in this space for okay. a second. Just play, play with me here. We have, we have endodontist here in San Antonio named Rick Schwartz, who is a very well-published guy, very well-known, especially in the endo circle. Okay. And he is right. an amazing endodontist. And he's in a study club that I'm in. And so oftentimes during study club meetings, something endodontic related will come up and somebody will ask him what the literature says about whatever. And he has this, this line that he's, I've heard him say this like 50 times. He says that basically all endodontic literature is bullshit, <laughs> okay. which I find super interesting because it's like there are these things that are just like dogmatically like, you know, you just have to like, this is how it is. And that's, and it seems to me like sodium hypochlorite is one of those things, right? Yeah. Yeah. But let's say that like, let's, let's, let's agree with Schwartz and say that all endo literature is bullshit. Okay. And let's maybe come up with some other things that might be good irrigants. We just don't know because we've never tried them. Okay. Well, uh, when I bought my practice, this is 20 years ago, one of the former associates of the practice and still had his, his stuff left behind, he was using benzene. I've never tried benzene. Where do you even get benzene? I, I don't know. I, in the drawer of this, all this endo stuff that was getting dusty from the, the, the previous doctor. So I guess that's been used. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to. Okay. That's, that blows my mind because I, I, if I remember, I just remember something from organic chemistry called a benzene ring. Right. But I, that's it. That's all I got on benzene. Well, or uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? They dissolved all the cartoons with oh, the benzene. Oh, is that benzene? Okay. <laughs> it's been a while since I've seen that LSD trip fest. Uh, I wish I could say it's been a while too, but we uh, I got kids, so. <laughs> you have like kids are in college. What are they watching Who Framed Roger Rabbit for? <laughs> Every so time weird. they get nostalgic. Hey, let's watch that again. Oh, fuck. I really? I think they're just okay. high. I think they're high. They might be. <laughs> what, is what, that's the, that's their, now you know their code yeah. word. When they're yeah, saying gotta, nostalgic, that means that they're <laughs> baked. They just took yeah. a massive rip off of a bone. Um, nice. Maybe I should drug test them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm going to float an idea here. I'm going to float an area. Okay. And, and this could be great. Okay. Chris, crystal Pepsi. <laughs> could be great. Yeah. It bring it back. Up, you know, it bubbles. Uh, I, I think nostalgic. back like last year, it's nostalgic. <laughs> it, it's clear. Uh, crystal Pepsi may be great. It might you know, be. We did. We there's not literature on it. We don't know. That's the thing. That's what's that's great. True. I mean, that's you know. I, I had another thought too, and I think this has okay. to do. This is very topical, based on sort of some of the the rattlings that you hear in the Twitter sphere and whatnot. Um, you know, we have we have a we have a we have a, a, a new president, the 45th president of the United States, President Donald J. Trump. Okay. And, and have you heard some of the rumors about? President Trump and maybe something that happened in Russia that might be on video. Have you heard anything about this? Uh, I just know he's got small hands. Yeah, there's the small hands thing. I, I've heard <laughs> some rumblings about there's possibly some sort of video where he urinates on a Russian prostitute. I, I'm just saying I've heard that. I'm not saying I'm, I've, I, that I know it to be exist or whatever. I'm just saying I've okay. heard those rumblings. Okay. All right. What about using the urine from the 45th president, Donald J. Trump, as an endodontic irrigate? It, like, if anybody's it's going to work, it's going to be his. That's right. Until we have data to say, to say otherwise. Right. You know? I mean, you can't have a closed mind. You just can't. No. I mean, you know, I, 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 think, I think the whole point of, of the scientific journey is keeping an open mind. And we may find that that's the best endodontic irrigate possible. 
Um, That's true. I'm thinking also along the lines of, you know, to me, what's what's the biggest enemy of an endodontist? An implant, uh, right? Dentist. An implant surgeon, right? So, so maybe there's some sort of like it goes both ways, right? So maybe the tears from an implant surgeon would be a good thing to irrigate. Ah, uh, yeah. So, like, let's good. say yeah. the, the tears from Justin Moody, right? Like Justin Moody's <laughs> tears. There you go. That may be a good endodontic here again. It's worth trying. I'm just saying. Yeah. You're yeah, going to have to get with Justin well, Moody. Fun to study. Yeah. Make him cry. I know how to make him cry. You take a bottle of Fireball and break it on the ground in front of him. He will He will weep <laughs> tears, copious tears. That's Collect right. them and then use that as your endodontic urea. I think that'd be a good thing. Challenge accepted. You know, I, I hear a lot, especially in movies, about sort of the the I don't know the innocence and the pureness of a woman who has yet to partake in carnal relations. Uh, okay. You know, so, sort of the 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 blood of a virgin and like a sacrifice, you know, or that kind of deal. You know, that seems to come up a lot, like in 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 movies about like witchcraft or they're going to sure. sacrifice a yeah. virgin or whatever. Maybe the blood of a virgin would be a really good endodontic irrigant. It's probably as good as benzene. I, I mean, it couldn't hurt. There's probably <laughs> some stem cells in there that are probably all right. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of stem cells, we can try PRP. They're using it for everything now. On his- and we know it's not HPV inve- infested because they're a virgin, right? Unless they that's right, that's dry right. hump kind of deal or whatever. But you know, we're not going to get into that. <laughs> so I don't know. Those are just kind of things that popped into my head as maybe something that we could use as arrogance besides sodium hypochlorite. Yeah. You got? You have, you you have any other thoughts? I don't. Okay. You got me on that one. I, I think the real answer to this one is EDTA, right? So go. most endodontists, I think now, from, or at least the endodontists that I work with, because um, I, I do just almost no into it all. I will open a tooth up if it's an emergency or whatever, but right. um, when gutta percha comes to town, it's not it's not my deal. Like that's I'm good at endo up until the gutta percha. Like I don't have any problems sure. until then. And then the gutta percha comes out and I turn into like, Cuba Gooding Jr. from radio. Like, I just can't. I, I just, I'm not good at operating. So I just leave it to the yeah. endodontist. They're just better than me. Uh, they really are. But I, most of them now kind of have three different irrigants that they use. It seems like it seems like sodium hypochlorite is kind of their their, yeah. their workhorse, their prime one. But then at some point during instrumentation, they'll do a couple rinses of EDTA, which is a chelating agent. And that seems, I think, right. loosen up some of the tissue and stuff like that down in the room. Really, uh, kind of, kind of soften up some of that that ridiculous. And some people throw some chlorhexidine in there just to kind of uh, neutralize a few seems things. To, seems to be something now. And there's actually a company called uh, Vista Dental who makes some some pretty cool um, endo accessories as far as like little ultrasonic agitators and whatnot. Some irrigants uh-huh. as well, and they have like a final rinse yeah. irrigant that has like it's like sodium hypochlorite mixed with EDTA mixed with chlorhexidine. So it's sort of like a suicide, yeah. if you remember, like being a, a kid <laughs> at the soda machine. It's like a suicide of endodontic right. irrigants. And uh, it's like you go like right before you obturate or whatever, you would use that. So, yeah, there's other things you can use. Yeah. You could try Crystal Pepsi. Um, but, you know, I mean, I think I'd probably stick to those three. What do you think? 
Uh, or Pepsi mixed with uh, um, Donald Trump. Yeah, syrup, I, think I, think I mean, it's be, worth uh, a good. shot. You never know. You yeah. never, never know. Yeah. On to uh, our, our third and final question here. And, and we're going to hit Reddit for this one. Um, and, and this is a good yeah. one. I, I, I'm just in love with this question. I saw this question immediately knew that we had to address this because I think there's a lot of, of interesting things at play here. Uh, question three from okay. Reddit user Slick Sketch. Uh, they ask, uh, they ask, I have full denture plates on top and bottom. Is it safe to get my tongue pierced? Could it damage, could it cause damage to my dentures? Oh, <laughs> let me ask well, you, you're a red blooded American male, right? Allegedly. allegedly. <laughs> when you see a patient who has a tongue piercing, the very first thought that goes through your head is. Well, I'm not saying on live. Yeah, I mean, it has to do with oral <laughs> sex, correct? Yeah, it's it's full on. Yeah, I mean, man. why? I mean, that that's the like that's the reason you're getting that, right? That's right. Yep. I mean, I, <laughs> I, yes. Is it safe to get your tongue pierced if you have dentures? Yeah, I mean, I think it's safe, but do you need to? Like, how good at oral sex do you really need to be if you wear dentures? Well, all I know is they're coming out for the the sex so isn't that yeah it, that's so, just gonna, all right this is this is getting deep into sort of the development of josh here and so lance i'm gonna need you to serve okay. as like a psychotherapist here and, and we're gonna we're gonna like okay. freudian style dive deep into the into the mind uh, of josh and, and when i was a kid we had hbo and, and this okay. was like pre hbo go i mean this is do you remember like the HBO like movie intro where it was like a little city and the camera like panned through the little city? Do you remember that? This is like mid oh, to late yeah, 80s, yeah. right? Like so this sure, is like yeah. my adolescent years. And, and and there was a show, I'm guessing early 90s. I'm guessing 90, 91, 92. I can look it up and, and figure out exactly the right year. But sometime in that in that okay. uh, like George H.W. Bush presidency. There was a show on HBO called Hookers on the Point, and it was like a documentary. Have you have you ever seen Hookers on the Point? Okay. <laughs> no, it's but no, I gotta it. it's good. Check it out. Keep in mind, I'm twelve years old watching this, right? Okay. Uh-huh. And there was one particular uh, uh, woman of the night that was featured on this, somewhat prominently. And her nickname was the teacher. And I guess her nickname was the teacher is because she would she would be a mentor to some of these uh, younger um, ladies of, of the night and, 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 and help kind of mentor them. Sort of like Frank Spear might do, right? She was kind of like the Frank Spear sure. and she would have these, these, these younger, um, less skilled um, uh, practitioners, clinicians, so to speak. <laughs> come and sort of <laughs> okay. stand on the corner with her and watch her, how she worked. And, and, and now looking back on it, I know that she had a flipper for seven through 10, but that's, that wasn't really the terminology that she used. She said she had dentures, but she had back teeth that she had, she had, she was yeah. missing like six through 11 or seven through 10 and she had a flipper and she would charge yeah. more to do it with the flipper out. It was like, right. it, it, and keep in mind, this is $1992. So I'm going to say it was like $10 for teeth in, $15 for teeth out. (laughs) So do you need, if you've got dentures and you can do the full all out teacher 
from hookers on the point method, uh-huh. do you need yeah. the tongue piercing? Or is it, are I'm going to say probably you might be good. Uh, it's nothing wrong with gilding the lily. It reminds me of, uh, I went to Africa a while back and, um, there are a lot of people missing. They will on purpose extract their anteriors, upper and lower. So, you know, seven through 10 and 22 to 27 or 20, 23 to 26. And they call it a love groove that, uh, that was it. And we suggested, uh, to people and you know fixing that they're like are you kidding me it's the love groove it's really popular the love groove huh yeah, yeah. south african love groove. and this is in south africa yeah yeah that's okay all right that's <laughs> i mean we're not talking about like bush people here right we're not talking about like well i was in near the kalahari so i you know going through johannesburg to get there but uppington was the main city nearby um, seemed a lot, awful lot of, yeah. So this, I mean, this is fairly no, westernized. Just, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Sounds like they had a career path available to them to, to come to America and, and, and be the teachers. I, I'm, I'm on IMDB here looking at hookers okay. at the point and it's saying 2002 and there's just no way in hell that's 2002. So this must be like a sequel or something. Uh, or they they finally released it on DVD. Maybe that's it. it yeah, because because this was square in the early '90s. Um, so I'm going to have to figure that out. Um, I wonder. You know, H- the interesting thing about HBO Go is that it's got like mm-hmm. everything on it that's ever shown on HBO. Um, oh really? Yeah. I mean, okay. oh yeah. Here we go. Hookers at the Point HBO documentary, 1993. Yeah. So so right. Yeah. Go. I mean, I. I, I, I my I can catalog with an amazing level of detail my adolescent boners, Lance, and and hookers at the point <laughs> was simultaneously like scared straight mixed with like yeah that's kind of a gross boob but there was no internet at the time that was the only boob I was gonna see right so <laughs> well that's kind of like when cable first came out it was analog more or less and so if you, if you took the cable box. And you kind of put the dial in between channels. Absolutely. You would see this distorted. And horn. you were really listening and, uh, to it more than anything. More than anything, but every once in a while, yeah, you it would, it would, yeah, you get like a clear shot of <laughs> of what was a breast, and that was. Yeah. It, it's so I just kids today just are never going to understand. Oh no! We had to oh my god! It was. Let me ask you this, because every guy has this story. Did you ever find a porno mag in the woods? Allegedly. Every guy, every (laughs) male who's like 40 and over, at some point there was like, I'm assuming some creepy old guy like got divorced and and had to move out and like dumped his hustler stash like in the woods behind their house or something. And at some point, like the teenage kids would find it. And that was like, it wasn't even like, it was like if Christmas came every 10 years, it was like Christmas morning in that scenario. And now kids just have free and open access to literally anything they want at any given time. And I just don't know. There has to be some sort of psychological impact on that. You're right. We had to work for it. We're hosed. It made that it, that much sweeter, though. When you finally had victory, it was Dude, so good, it. so good. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think <laughs> that actually should be a podcast where where people in their their late thirties, forties, fifties talk about what lengths they went to to try to see a breast in a magazine, uh, you know, not yeah. even in real life, um, you know, or, or, or 
Sears catalogs, like the bra section of a catalog. <laughs> it was, it was sure. literally, it was like, it was like when you, when you see like, I, like a movie where someone's stranded in the desert, you know, and then they get out of the desert and there's like a, a dirty watering, like bowl those camels drinking out of or whatever. It's got like dirt water spit in it or whatever. And the people just like the person that's been out in the desert for however long, like just starts lapping that up. Like it's the most crystal clear avion they've ever had. Right. And that's what it was like. It was like, you just like lapped up whatever little bit you could get. How did you come to this for after sure. talking about dentures? I don't even remember. <laughs> it's Somehow it always turns around. And comes yeah, out no, it always does. I love in this, they say uh, I have full denture plates. I love that when people say yeah. I have plates. That, that that goes along with, with two other sayings that I hear people say. And and so plates are one of them, right? Like I've got plates, um, which is like, yeah, I've got like eight plates too, like in my china cabinet at home. Like what, what are you bragging about? <laughs> um, the second one is uh, like when people shop at a store, like this is specifically people who are like over 70 years old, they'll say, uh, I've, I've traded at that store, you know, for, for X number of years or whatever. Like I trade here, I trade there. Like, what is, you're not trading beaver pelts for whatever. Like, you're going to Walgreens to buy a freaking a freaking box of of, <laughs> uh, of pantyhose. Like, you're not trading there. This isn't the outpost. This isn't this isn't Herman Mudgett's dry goods. Like, what, what are you talking about trading? Like, what is, what is this trading? Like, old people love to say trading. I don't get it. The, and, I don't either. And then there's another one which I love. We we mentioned this profession earlier. You said you said something about the. We were talking about pharmacists. I love it when old people call pharmacists druggists. You ever heard oh, old yeah. people call it the druggist? Oh, yeah. it sounds yeah. so cool, right? <laughs> like it sounds so much cooler than pharmacists, like the druggist. It's it sounds like a like coming to CBS, you know, Thursday nights in 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 the fall. The druggist on you know like. <laughs> and it's got like uh, it's got Mark Harmon, and it's it's uh, it's about uh, a pharmacist who goes rogue or something like that. The druggist. So those those are the three things For like sure. that old people love to say. I have plates. I trade here, and uh, and and, and uh, please call my druggist. Um, it's like all right, come on. It's it's 2017, people. Do you make a lot of dentures? I really don't. Uh, for years, I swore off of, of dentures. I wanted nothing to do with them. Just I hated them in school and just didn't like them right after I graduated. But I found that as a as I do more implants, yeah, start, yeah, it makes it yeah, it makes it easier. I, I really won't. I don't mind doing an yeah. upper. Um, I, man, a lower without implants is tough. I'm, I'm yeah. probably going to refer that to a prosthodontist. Just you know, they're not going to be happy, right? Yeah. You know, they're. Gonna and then, like the yeah. worst is when they come in and like they've got a set of dentures that looks pretty good, or they've got like the bag of dentures, you know. Yeah, uh, uh, bag of dentures. You definitely you might as well be a bag of dick. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm out. I am so done. We we had this we had this professor in dental school who would who would you know somebody would be complaining about a denture they got delivered about a high spot or whatever he'd look at it and there'd be nothing there. He'd put the pressure indicating paste there'd be nothing there, and he would keep this like just block of jet acrylic in his lab coat, and he would just turn her away from the patient, oh. put the denture in his pocket and just take that block of jet acrylic and just grind on that and just make a big cloud of acrylic everywhere. And then he'd kind of turn around and hand the denture to the patient. They'd always be like, oh, that feels so much better. Like you got it. it feels so good. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I saw a video with Joe Massad doing that and thought that was brilliant. 
it's such a, like, if you want to get into like psychology, then like make a bunch of dentures because that's what you're going to do. Like that's three quarters of dentures is just psychology. Like it's miserable, but I do agree in like uh, with like Coys and Spear when they talk about like the fundamentals of aesthetic smile design comes from dentures. So like that idea of like, Hey, forget that there's teeth and like gums and bone and all that stuff. Like if this was a denture, how would you like, where would you move stuff to set it the way you wanted to set it? And then let's figure out how to do that either with a burr or with ortho or with crown thinning or whatever. And I think like dental school does not touch that with a 10 foot pole. It's like, there's aesthetics and there's complete pros and those two worlds like don't even intermingle and it would have just made things so much easier if they sure. would have just like said that in dental school at some point. For sure. I, I might have paid attention in denture Absolutely. A, a lot more. And instead they like make it like it just it's such uh, a not. drag, man. Such a drag. So I don't I don't I don't love dentures either. Yeah. And so to uh slick sketch, should you should you get your tongue pierced if you have dentures? Um, uh, what's your final verdict, Lance? What, what would you say if you had a patient come in for like a reline or whatever for a denture and they had a tongue piercing? What would be your thought? Go for it. I, mean, I, I might have to road test it just to, to make sure it's uh, working. <laughs> You're going to road test it? You're going to be the, uh, I would say taste <laughs> tester, but that's probably poor English yeah. to use for a poor <laughs> metaphor choice probably. Uh, on my part. Probably. I mean, here's my thought. Um, man, it's your life. Do what you want to do. If you've got dentures and you want to get your tongue pierced, rock on, brother. Um, I, I would probably opt for the plastic one, wouldn't you? Like, I've seen plastic ones. I've seen metal oh, yeah, ones. I'd sure. probably go with the plastic one because you don't want to snap off denture teeth with your stupid tongue piercing. Like, But if you want to do it, do it. Like, you yeah. know, you've already let your teeth go to shit and now they're gone. So whatever. Who, yeah. Like, obviously, you're not much one for letting people judge you. So, man, let your freak flag fly. Just know that every dentist you ever see from here on out <laughs> is going to automatically assume that you're just like digging on oral sex all the time. All right. For sure. Well, cool. All right. We ended up in the right spot on that, I think. Good. Good. Good luck. Slick I sketch. So. I hope it goes well. Um, thank you guys so much to, to listening to our little <laughs> advice show. Please, please send us your questions at workinginterferences at gmail.com. Uh, check us out on the web soon at www.workinginterferences.com. Um we, we we'll get on a website at some point. We'll we'll talk to Sean Vandeweyer and see about locking locking that up. Cool. So last time, Lance, you had a song. I forget what it was. Do you remember what it was? Yeah, it was that that Scruff the Cat song that, that I had just downloaded. Scruff the Cat. Um, interesting. Um, all right. So I'm gonna pick today. Um, and and, and this is a band okay. that I like. Uh, this is a band called Judah and the Lion. Um, which is interesting oh, yeah. because it makes me think of Jonah and the Whale. But then it also makes me think of yeah. Judas, like we're sort of, and, and then the lions, like Daniel in the lion's den, like we're sort of skirting around some sort of biblical stuff here. But I promise you, this is not like a DC talk. Do you remember DC talk? Uh, yeah, DC talk, we're talking early 90s. Uh, they were like a, a pop rock band that was Christian, but tried okay. not to tell anybody they were Christian. And so it was gotcha. like their songs were like gotcha. you couldn't tell if they were talking about a girl or Jesus. Like you just couldn't you couldn't really tell. Um, and so it ended up that they were <laughs> like super religious. And uh, I think a lot of people felt duped by that. So this is not a DC talk. So you're not going to get sure. DC talk with this song. Uh, this is a song called 
Well, I figured uh, dental podcast with Judah and the Lion, I figured it was some sort of dentist. Oh, well, yeah, you, you've thing, always got that. You've so always got old not. Dr. Palmer in, in, in Minnesota there with his uh, with his uh, rifle just laying waste to the African uh, continent. And now that Trump has made it, you know, um, totally cool for him to just massacre elephants, um, you know, I'm guessing that guy's on like the next jet over to Africa as soon as he can get there. Um, anyway, so this is uh, Suit and Jacket by Judah and the Lion. I hope you enjoy it. Um, for Lance Timmerman, I'm Joshua Austin. Peace. Some of us just roaming, some of us just roaming The world will move more slowly, some of us